and welcome to the interview with the next platform. I'm Nicole Hemsoth, co-founder and co-editor, and your host for today's episode. We all know about the Top 500 Supercomputing Benchmark, which measures raw floating point performance, but over the last several years, there's been a lot of talk that this no longer really represents real-world application performance. So this has opened the door for a new benchmark to come to the fore. In this case, it's the High Performance Conjugate Gradients Benchmark, or HPCG, as it's known. Here to talk about this more today is one of the creators who, alongside Top 500 founder Jack Dungara, has some insights to share about the future of this effort and how it fits as a measure for real HPC performance. We welcome today Sandia National Lab's Michael Haru. Hi, Michael. Hi, Nicole. So I remember when we talked back in 2014 about this new list, um, when it had just come out, and I think there were maybe 10 entries, if that, on the list. And the big deal that year was that um, a lot of people said, well, this is a, a replacement for Top 500, and, and Top 500 right. is dead. And, and obviously, you guys had to work pretty hard to dispel that notion. Um, yes. Let's talk about the, the founding here and... and um, what the story is just just to form something like this and, and the rationale yeah so so yeah we, maybe at some point we thought that we could create a benchmark that could be representative of all applications in some measurable way or, or tangible way and that maybe linpack could be um you know set aside but we quickly realized that um linpack has a lot more value than uh, just measuring, you know, application representative performance. Uh, it, it stands as a historical guide uh, for trends in machines. Uh, and also it does represent certain applications uh, fairly well uh, with its performance signatures. And so uh, we soon realized that HPCG should, should actually have a relationship with LINPAC or with people sometimes call H HPL. So if I say that, I mean LINPAC. Um, and HPCG has evolved to be what we sometimes call bookend, uh, a, bo a bookend to uh, LINPAC. And so those two benchmarks represent a performance range that an application might realize. And, and so, so what we can tell people is that if you know your application's performance on one machine, uh, and you see the uh, HPCG and HPL uh, results for that machine, and yours is say you know closer to HPCG but not all the way down there. Then you can take that same pair or that's those two benchmark results on a new machine, and then say okay HPCG is down here, <clears throat> I'm a little above it, and so this might be my performance on a new machine. And so it gives us a kind of interpolating capability uh, by having these two pairs of results. Mm -hmm. uh, the bookend analogy is the one that you've used for many years. I, I think that's a, yeah. a great one. Um, so, so for those who aren't familiar, and we have quite a few articles on this on on the next platform. I'll make sure to link to those in the text here. But you know, obviously, H, uh, HPL High Performance Linpack measures floating point performance mostly. What does this measure in in a nutshell for those who who don't know yet? For Linpack, sorry. Uh, no, for HPCG, this this new for, okay, mm -hmm. yeah. So so the the performance, uh, uh, what what HPC draws out uh, from the system performance are a few signatures. One of them is sparse computations, and sparse computations are are very important. They're they're very common in a broad set of of applications, um, um, far outside even traditional HPC high performance computing. 
so that's one big one. Um, it also measures uh, you know, uh, other signatures like uh, uh, what are called collective operations, where you have to get data from every single process on the, the machine, every single processor, and bring it down to a, a single value, uh, which tests the interconnect network of a system uh, to get down to a single scalar value. Um, it also has a fairly sophisticated on-node performance um, uh, signature in, in um, what's called the multigrid or the, the smoother of this multigrid, not to get too technical, but, but it's a recursive algorithm um, that requires that uh, threads within a processor uh, you know, so single uh, single node, but um, multi-core, multi-thread uh, uh, processing can run uh, pretty quickly, and so it tests very fine-grained data parallelism uh, in a in a way that is uh, challenging uh, for a lot of chip providers or processor providers to to get to run well. Right, and that that's way more complicated and, and complex than what HPL seems to measure, and so it's it's an entire system view. Um, so let, let's talk about the results that you have, the most recent results. You run this just like HPL for Top 500 twice yep. a year, <clears throat> once at, at ISC and once at the Supercomputing Conference. Taking Correct. the most recent results, what sorts of things do you notice about system performance? So we've got, I know, a mix of, of vector machines on there. We've got, obviously, heterogeneous uh, systems with a lot of GPUs, which adds its own set of complications, right? And we've got CPU-only right. machines. So what sorts of generalizations right. can we make? Well, so so the Recon K machine has been the first, uh, number, the number one ranked system for HPC UG for some time. Um, and that is a result of the, the memory system and the interconnect net, network on that machine. And it's still, although it doesn't uh, have, say, the floating point, raw floating point potential, that some of the more uh, newer machines have. It's still a, a very nice balanced system for applications that require significant memory system performance. So that you'll see that in the results for that the top machine. Um, I, I guess another notable machine is one that uh, came in third this past time, which is the Trinity platform. And uh, it's been on the list in the past, but it was only using about you know half of the the nodes on the system. And the, and and uh, Trinity is you know roughly nine thousand or so, a little more than that. Uh, uh, K, uh, uh, Knight's Landing, so Intel Phi processor nodes, um, and roughly the same number of Haswell's, you know, standard uh, x86 uh, processing nodes. And uh, with the most recent result, the the benchmark was run on both halves halves of the machine, and uh, it represents actually the, the the first time we've had a significant heterogeneous platform. Where, uh, where simultaneous execution of the benchmark uh, ran on two very different processor types, uh, solving the same kind of problem and dealing with balancing roughly two thirds of the problem was run on the Knight's Landing portion, one third on the Haswell, and you still had to solve a single uh, problem. So it was, it was quite a, an effort on their part to get that result. Uh, so those are probably the two most notable. Also, you might notice that the Sunway Taihu Light System, which has been ranked number one in Linpack, um, is much lower ranked on HPCG. It still does well, um, but it just shows that the HPCG benchmark does actually indicate different features of the system and how the performance might be for applications that use those similar kinds of features. Mm -hmm. not, not to get too far off topic, but <clears throat> let's talk about some of the differences between um, that Sunway machine and its performance on HPL and HPCG, what does it have or not have that warrants the, the different performance levels? 
Yeah, I, so so I did not, I was not involved in the tuning of the benchmark myself, so I can't give you all the details, but I can tell you based, you know, generally things that, that are probably true. Um, so the Sunway system has, it's a you know, very interesting design. The, the processor design is, is quite fascinating. Um, uh, and, and so, but, but the, I believe the challenge that they faced with the HPCG benchmark is that the memory system for the types of applications that HPCG re represents is not really a well-balanced one. And that you can't get, first of all, create large enough data to uh, cover the overhead of moving data. Because if you have a very small data set, uh, you have issues with, with what's called sometimes called strong scaling. And, and so um, they weren't able to create a large enough problem to cover the overhead of moving data. So that was one issue. And then I think generally speaking that for the types of applications that HPCG represents, it's not the best balanced system. Whereas LINPAC, um, it, it obviously is much better balanced and for applications that are like LINPAC. Right. Let's talk about the increased use of uh, generally uh, heterogeneous platforms. So we have things like GPUs, and I think uh, if I'm being optimistic here in the next few years, we're going to have some some other accelerators on on traditional supercomputers, including FPGAs, among other maybe novel architectures. So how do you plan on integrating these things, and what have you seen already with GPUs for, for HPCG? Yeah, that's an interesting question. So, so HPCG, because it represents more or, and responds more to memory system performance than just raw floating point, uh, some of the accelerators that we've seen attached to existing and past systems and what we see coming in the near future, um, it, they have, they're, have, they're very uh, compute rich. And so it doesn't make sense for, say, a benchmark like LINPAC to run on anything other than the GPU. Um, because if you try to run this on, say, the host processor, uh, at, you know, as an example of a heterogeneous system, host processor and, and, and GPU, it doesn't make much sense. But it actually does make sense to consider using HPCG um, and running a portion of it on the host and a portion of it on the GPU. And then as we see more novel accelerators, as we, we think might happen, in the near future, it may make sense to to uh, partition the HP, the execution of HPCG onto more than one type of accelerator. So it, it can start to show you uh, the potential, and this is what real applications will face as well. They'll they'll have a, a, a collection of of accelerator or other type of uh, processor devices that they can pick from, and what portion of the computation do they run on which type of accelerator? And so HPCG is more representative of those kinds of decisions that application developers will also face, and will help us understand, or, you know, our core execution models as we get into more heterogeneous uh, system designs. Oh, that, that's an interesting point. Uh, it sounds like a lot of work compared to uh, HPL. <laughs> Maybe it, it it will be yeah it's not the newest the newest features that are going into HPCG they're they're modest right we we reached a stable point where we're pr pretty pleased with what the benchmark represents but we still we still need to tune it as architectures evolve one of them is the is to, the easier ability to partition this very large three dimensional domain so so HPCG is built on a different modeling a differential equation in a three dimensional domain and to to run it in parallel you have to split this three-dimensional domain. You can think of it like a, you know, a chunk of the earth, for example, and subsurface uh, flow. Um, 
you need to split that up so portions of it are run on each of the processors. And so to, the decision of how to split that gets complicated when you have different types of processors that you have to use. It's not just you'll give the same size chunk to every processor. You have to understand the, the performance balance associated with each of the different types of processors the machine has. Right. Um, are there any applications in HPC that, that are pretty common that mirror HPCG pretty exactly where you can say, these are the HPC results, this means it's going to be a great system architecture for X application? You talked about sparse, obviously, but there, there are probably some others. Yeah, um, so so making predictions is hard, especially about the future, as Yogi Berra said. Um, and so it's hard to take a benchmark and say it's going to exactly match an application because there are so many tuning parameters to an application. Uh, but what you can do is you can look at the various parts of HPCG, the phases, the setup phase, uh, the solve phase, and then within the solve phase, the various components of that solve phase. And you can parameterize those and then weight them appropriately and then get a, an actually a pretty good estimate for um, several types of applications, and these are very broad spectrum applications, things like uh, 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 differential equations. So this would be things you know, like fluid flow or any kind of engineering or, or, or um, you know, uh, that type of simulation. So there's a broad set, but to say that there's a one-to-one -one correspondence, that's probably not an accurate thing to say. Uh, but mm -hmm. even so, you know, parameterizing works quite well. Sure. Uh, kind of a bigger question here, a, a theoretical question. What does exascale mean outside of a top 500 floating point perspective that we've traditionally had? So exascale is a term that's used in a lot of settings. Um, I mean, nominally, it actually refers to the LINPAC execution on a platform. You know, if it gets 10 to the 18 operations or close to that, then that would be considered an exascale platform. Uh, we tend to use the term, uh, at least within, say, the United States, uh, um, to represent a machine that's, you know, say, about 50 times faster than what we have right now, or you know, and 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 that is for a suite of applications. And so, even though those applications won't necessarily achieve it, you know, an exaflop. Um, they they represent their performance is you know prorated to what they were getting on previous systems. Um, more broadly, exascale to me means um, moving on to the next phase of computing capabilities. Um, in in many instances, uh, we're able to increase uh, fidelity of models by coupling scales, understanding this you know, rich interaction between scales in the physical system and coupling physics, uh, bringing together different types of what were independently modeled capabilities together into a single model. So you again get higher fidelity and can make better decisions using modeling and simulation as a vehicle. Right, uh, and, and all those points really don't have a lot to do with direct architectural um, <laughs> uh, capabilities here. Like, like we used to talk about performance in terms of, you know, how many floating point operations can you get and what does it mean for these key workloads. Now it's, it's a much more um, balance-focused uh, conversation, right? Yeah, that's true. And, and I'd like to think that HPCG is, is playing a role in that. I think that uh, it highlights uh, what was a trend in architecture design to look towards more float, floating point rich uh, uh, system designs that didn't necessarily provision 
the overall platform with enough memory system performance to, to give you a balanced uh, execution across a broad set of applications. And so I'm, I think, I like to hope that HPCG actually helps bring to light uh, that you need a, a balanced system, meaning that memory system performance, network system performance is really important if we're going to get a broad set of applications to run well on future platforms. Mm -hmm. So just a final question here. I'll, I'll put you on the spot. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. Even though making predictions about the future is hard. What do you anticipate for the next year in terms of the list results or maybe new submissions or what's on the horizon for HPCG? Yeah, so we, we do anticipate um, getting a full set of the very high-end results. Uh, we said all along that we didn't necessarily want to, you know, have a, you know, every platform that runs Linpack also runs HPCG. We hope that that will happen over time. But what we really care about is that it's run on all of the very the top 50 systems, let's say. Of, of, and top 50, again, I guess is relative to Linpack as the incumbent. Um, and, and we anticipate that that's going to happen. There will be a number of exciting new platforms coming along in the next uh, year or two that we know a bit about. And, uh, and we will have HPCG results for those along with Impact. And I can promise you it's going to be very interesting. Well, I believe that. It has been since you started this effort. Michael Hero, thank you so much for joining today. My pleasure. Thank you very much. We'll have some links and more information about the HPCG benchmark in the text. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll be back tomorrow. Take care.